welcome to the Screamcast episode 5,253. I am Sean and with me is Stephanie Crawford. Hey. And uh, Brian Henderson's here too. Hey. <laughs> missing, uh, missing today, of course, is Mike Delaney. He is, uh, I don't know where the fuck he is. So he, we're just good. We're not going to wait. We, you either show up on time or you don't make it on the Screamcast. That's the rules. I think wow. he had some. I think he had a conflict actually, but and that I knew about. But it's fine. Well, um, awesome. yeah, woo! It's been a while. I'm like I'm rusty with the uh, podcasting, so everyone, uh, you know, give Just us a little bit of take uh, over. Or yeah, Brad's just take over. Fuck it. I, and I'm right. gonna go. I'm I'm gonna go out to eat. I'm gonna go to brunch. I'll <laughs> I'll talk to you guys later. <laughs> No, so we're gonna we are going to do uh, just what we, what we've been watching, and um, you know as we're moving into 2020, and uh, you know, so what's up, everybody? How have you how have you guys been? We've we've been we've been good, Sean. Thanks for asking. <laughs> have you been, Sean? I've been I've been good. I've been very good. Uh, I did start a new podcast, everybody. Uh, Traitor. I know. I'll talk about Apparently, that later. This one. How are you gonna do that? It, uh, it has to do with my audio books that nobody cares about on this show. So um, I'll talk about that a little bit later. <laughs> but uh, yeah, let's 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 start. I'm, I'm curious what you all have been watching. I know Brad's, of course, he's watched about 5,000 since, since we last spoke. Um, but uh, but yeah, let's, let's do this. Awesome, Sean. Thanks mm-hmm. for thanks for the lovely intro. And 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 thank you for the kind words. Um, I'll start off just because I'll start off light and I, I'm sure you guys will enjoy this as well as, uh, hopefully the listeners. Um, I actually watched, uh, it, it's never been released. Um, apparently the widow of, um, uh, Mitch Hedberg, uh, helped get this like out there. Uh, it only premiered at Sundance and then Mitch Hedberg kind of closed it down. It's something that he wrote, directed and starred in called, uh, Los Enchiladas, Wait, um, Mitch Hedberg shut it down. Yeah, yeah, he didn't want to have it released. Apparently, he so his ghost said no. <laughs> well, it was it. Was, well, he died in what two thousand two thousand one. A while back, yeah. yeah. He made this in ninety nine, and it premiered oh. at, or ninety eight. It premiered at Sundance in ninety nine. Oh, okay, I thought you meant this new Sundance. I'm like, okay, this oh, is a twist. No, 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 no. Mitch Hedberg <laughs> is is gone and um you know it's it's one of those things where it i i was trying to read more about it like why um i i guess it didn't get praise like he thought it would um but yeah it just he never never released it and it only screened at sundance and that's it so uh but copies did get out because i guess he did try to get distribution at some point i'm not 100 percent sure um i really couldn't find a lot of information about that i know that his widow tried to get like a distribution and more uh people to look at it but honestly it's just been kind of ignored and it's really odd because i've always felt mitch hedberg was universally loved like i have never met met anybody that has said that Mitch Hedberg is not funny. Like I thought he was one of those comics, even during his, his time that we all love Mitch Hedberg. So I was very excited to 
uh, check this out. I finally got a copy of it, and um, it's it's really fucking funny, and it, it's 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 not a failure. It's very much playing off kind of that uh, clerks esque thing. It, it's it's about two buddies. Uh, one is played by Mitch Hedberg, um, and it is dealing with two guys that are working at a Mexican restaurant called Los Enchiladas, and they're prepping for Cinco de Mayo because it's the busiest day of the year for any taco joint. So it's basically that. And they're wanting to leave early and stuff like that. So it's got a very, you know, plain plot. It basically deals with, you know, uh, eccentric, uh, you know, people that work there, the employees, also people coming into the restaurant asking for absurd things. Very, very Kevin Smith clerks clerks esque. But it stands on its own. It's not like, oh, that's a ripoff. It's literally, you know, when clerks came out, uh, we got a kind of a lot of films dealing like with that just slacker right that slacker everyday life just dealing with shit you know working a dead end job whatever it may be just like how pulp fiction spawned a bunch of you know um not I, people always say ripoffs but i don't like to say that but there are films you know like you know scream halloween um you know uh clerks like i said pulp fiction um what's some other one alien they all spawned a lot of these so-called or gremlins is another yeah. one these so-called like little rip-offs but i really don't consider them that because a lot of these films i think stand on their own and this one does it's it's very funny mark uh mark Harmon's in it and he's really fucking funny um so it's just it's just a like this kind of group this comedy troupe just sitting around just talking and telling jokes and funny shit happens. It's not very eventful. It's just, you know, very down to earth. It, it honestly, it's also one of those films that you can kind of connect to. If you ever worked in the fast food restaurant, just the same as Kevin Smith with clerks. If you ever worked in customer service, you can relate to that, especially a video store, convenience store, whatever it may be De dealing with the public. You know, that's kind of what this, this is about. And uh, it's, it's actually, kind of uh cool to see much mitch hedberg not wear the shades and be you know shy on stage because that's basically it wasn't really an act that was like how he felt um and he doesn't have the sunglasses on and the hair in his face he still kind of has that same like dry talk that he does but it's really really good and it's really surprising that this hasn't kind of came out and you know is a cult kind of favorite but it's just unheard of i actually didn't hear about it until a couple years ago and i've always watched mitch hedberg specials and was a big fan but i had no idea he made a movie and that's because it really wasn't broadcast it played once and that's it as far as i know but uh yeah it's apparently uh the like i said the, uh, the the widow tried to get it out there and wanted more people to see it uh it's online um i mean this is a movie that's not probably going to get distribution um so it's just one of those things that we have to share uh huh. and 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 talk about because honestly it will just disappear which is a shame because mitch hedberg made a funny movie and I don't know. It's just odd to me. Like it, it kind of blew my mind when I found out about it. Found out about it like a couple years ago, and then have been searching for it and found it, and it's really fucking funny. So you don't think so. it's something that would be put on the festival circuit? 
No, I mean, this is this uh, movie's 21 years old now, and it's just no one. It's not like something that has just been released. It's it's been cert, like been going around in circles for a number of years. It's just not very well known. It sounds like so, something that's. I don't know, uh, Brad. I sounds think like you some, can make it happen. Yeah, it sounds like something that maybe like a certain distributor that you might know <laughs> kind of sort of maybe could make it happen and have people discover it. I don't, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just throwing out. I'm a big oh. fan, I didn't know about this. So. <laughs> well, I, on, I, I also don't think it's shot on film. Hey, so, we've I, seen VHS things on a big screen at the draft house. Like, yeah. you keep naming well, no, excuses and none just, of them are going to fly. Yeah, it's just it's I I don't know why. Like it it kind of honestly I'm sitting there like thinking this is just going to be a wreck. Like it's just going to be it's going to be unfunny and kind of miserable because honestly the worst thing to ever watch is a bad comedy. Like bad comedy. <laughs> That's true. Terrible. Yeah. And they're really tough to get through and I laughed and like it's very very funny. Hmm. You know, and you know, I'm not saying we have the revolution of comedy here or anything, but it's just something that I definitely, definitely should not be forgotten about because I've seen tons of bad comedies, and this is definitely not one. So it's I, maybe I think it has to deal with because I mean, if you know Mitch Hedberg, he he does have like this social anxiety, and he had you know anxiety when he got on stage. So maybe he just didn't like the way he looked and acted, and that's the reason why he didn't release it. I, I don't I don't really know. Um, but I uh, honestly, I tried looking it up and it's just very vague, the information on it. So I don't know. Huh. But check it out. It's it's funny. And hopefully that if it creates enough attention, which I don't think it will, uh, it it could go somewhere. But honestly, I just think it's kind of dead in the water and will disappear over time. Yeah. All right. So if you're listening, start getting those revival screenings going. Good for yeah. Mitch. Yeah. Stephanie, how about Thanks you? What about uh... guys? <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I will talk about a horror movie. Ooh. Oh, wait. Yeah, this is a screamcast. <laughs> That's okay, Brad. Flipping the script. <laughs> um, I watched the latest in the Into the Dark series on Hulu um, called My Valentine. And if you're, for anyone not familiar, the series, it's um, horror movies that are set on different holidays. And they're on Hulu. Oh. And as you'd imagine, with um, something with that kind of concept, they vary in quality levels. Um, this one is written and directed by Maggie Levine. And it's about a pop singer um, who's been through a traumatic, abusive relationship with her former songwriting partner. But she's finally starting to heal. She has her best friend in the band with her. And um, after a show, we meet this former partner. Uh, his name is Royal. And um, he buys off the bar to close early pretty much so he can talk to her alone and he gets some psycho fans of his to make sure no one comes into the bar um and he comes in and basically tells her to stop performing the songs they wrote together because he wants his current girlfriend to perform them because her pop career is starting up and she's an exact clone of 
the lead, Valentine. And, um, oh, by the way, Valentine is played by uh, Britt Barron, who's Mark Maron's daughter in Glow, the Matt Simber uh, kind of character. And I love her. So I was really excited to see this. So basically, the director. Yeah. Well, you know how he helped start Glow? I had no idea. Oh, yeah. He helped start Glow. He like directed uh, some of the start of it. And Mark Maron plays the Matt Simber stand in. Like, you know, Matt Simber is one of those guys that has done everything. It's crazy. Okay. Yeah, you should watch Glow. It's great. And the last I, I I have watched a couple episodes and it's really good. I just haven't sat down to watch it. Janice watches it and I've like I was like kind of brushed it off at first because I obviously I hate TV shows. And I'm sitting there and I'm working like on my computer and I'm just hearing it. And then I like kind of got drawn in for like a few episodes, like during the third season watching it. And I'm like, yeah, I probably should watch this. But well, that's the one you should especially watch because she writes a script and he's like, this is great. I'm going to help you out. And so he's like going through Hollywood and he's like, look, I know I fucked you over years ago, but my daughter's really talented. Don't hold that against her. And I just feel like you might appreciate the father daughter trying to get a script produced kind of angle. <laughs> anyway, the movie. Um, so it's. It's kind of strange because on one hand, um, the performances I really enjoyed. Uh, Aesthetically, it's really gorgeous. And it's really steeped in that trend right now of the pink and purple lights. Um, But I still like it when it's well done. Um, The lead guy, um, Benedict Samuel, he's really young, but he's really good. He's uh, because he's someone who needs to be as charming as he is scary. And he's really good at ramping that up slowly and also showing that he's like basically a spoiled baby underneath it all. So I was very impressed by him being able to portray all that. The problem with this movie is that it introduces uh, two side characters who were the opening band for Valentine. And they keep cutting back to them, like trying to sort their relationship out. And it goes nowhere. It, it's almost insulting what happens to <laughs> one character and literally nothing happens to the other character. And there's so much screen time given to them for no reason. So I feel like the script needed a little more work. Because um, I think the script is just interested in the relationship between the two pop stars and the creepy, abusive producer. But I don't know if Hulu was like, yeah, but you need a lot of young characters to draw everyone in. I don't (laughs) know, but it wasn't handled super well. But overall, I do recommend it, um, especially if you're kind of familiar with the whole uh, real life thing with Titanic Sinclair and Poppy and Mars Argo, if you know about that drama. It's directly based on that. I didn't know anything about it going in, but a few minutes in, I was like, oh, crap, this is about that story. (laughs) So, yeah, it's it's not perfect or amazing, but I think it's really solid. And, uh, you know, I'm really interested in seeing what uh, Maggie's going to do in the future. It sounds just like you just summed up every End of the Dark movie. Yeah. I was going to ask you guys about that series. I haven't seen the series, but how many movies have there been so far? And what's kind of, is it 
you know. There's been uh, about maybe 16. Yeah, this okay. is the second season. This was the 17th one. Okay. And I don't watch all of them. Oh, they're um, fucking tough to get through. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and a lot of them I'll be like, ah, I'll watch this on this holiday and I will just forget about it. Hmm. I think it's a cool thing to do. Um, Very cool. But, it's, just, you know, it's, it's like, it, honestly, it's like undeveloped ideas and scripts are made into movies. It's like yeah. the stuff that they don't think that could possibly draw people in with a young young cast from from Blumhouse. Like that's what it is. It's, it's okay. Blumhouse making it, and it's it's literally like your typical Blumhouse movie at the theater, where it's not very good, but <laughs> it like you could see potential in it, but it's right. not very yeah. good. Yeah, it's like the right. the. Po- the talented with potential theater or like, theater. And the thing is, is they all have like decent ideas behind them. I, I think, uh, I think the only ones that I've really liked was um, I'm just fucking with you. Um, all that we destroy was okay. Um, but like for the most part, oh no, all of these are just awful. I haven't watched them all yet just because I really got burnt out on these because it's it's like you're watching it but you know you're going to watch a bad movie. Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, like, oh. So going into these things because like historically they're just they're 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 really bad. I think it's an interesting enough concept to continue supporting, but I would like whoever's making the decisions behind the scenes to be like, let's develop the scripts a little bit. Oh, I will say the pop songs in this movie are awesome. Like I actually wanted to download them after. Um, So if if nothing else, it's a very pretty movie with really good music. So. Yeah, there you go. But this thing is, they're all competently made. Like they all look good. They, they oh yeah, sound... this one looked really good. And it had a lot of Scott Pilgrim versus the World like editing influences, which I thought was pretty interesting. But I mean, these things they're 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 not making even the slightest dent in in like anything. Like people are not paying. I think the only one that people paid attention to recently was the Thanksgiving one. Uh, Pilgrim because it was directed by um, the Marcus. collector guys. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Well, which I haven't seen, but I mean, like, I, I honestly, like, I've liked one and that's even a stretch. Did you see I'm Just Fucking With You? Did not you yet. see it? Did you? Oh, I thought you might have seen it because it played at South by and I was like, because I didn't watch any End of the Dark stuff and I watched I'm Just Fucking With You and I was like, oh man, this is actually, you know, pretty good. And I really liked Adam Mason to begin with. So, I mean, all Adam Mason films, I think, have this, like, really great idea and execution. And he's kind of all over the place and kind of sick and twisted himself. And the movie was good. So I was like, oh, man, I can't wait to watch all these horror films that are just made and put on here. And I watched, like, like, the first one was The Body. And it takes place, and it was Halloween. And it's about a hitman who kills somebody. And his... uh. Basically, this raid took place with all these like kids and people during Halloween on this uh, street where his car was parked and his all his tires were flat. So he's dressed up like in a suit and tie and he's carrying this this body that's wrapped in saran wrap really tight. And these kids see him. They're like, oh, man, awesome costume. And they're drunk and they invite him back to their party. So he goes because he's looking for a way to get out with the body. And I'm like, wow, this is fucking great. Nope. 
20 minutes in it's like when this is well, this should have been just a short film i look it up and it was a short film originally and i'm like just should have fucking kept it that way like <laughs> and 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 i forced and like nacho vigolando had one called puka and i'm super excited about that that was probably the worst one of the bunch and puka's running around south by destroying shit and flipping bikes and trying to eat tacos the whole time and i'm like this is such a good gimmick <laughs> but this movie the movie isn't good but anyways, huh. but do you think there's a value in maybe you have talented people, but these particular ideas aren't quite ripe yet, but I, I, they can I say think... that they made a film and it was on something like Hulu. And then they can use that to try to sell their future products that are more mature. They have the experience under their belt. Right. I, I think I think that's kind of what it's resulting to with uh, with a lot of these people, because I, I can see uh, uh, some, you know, it, mainly the female directors have gotten bigger jobs after their Hulu films, which is great. And because I know Chelsea Stardust, you know, she had all that we destroy, which what actually wasn't that bad, um, you know, and that I guess helped her with the voice, but to voice her next film when she made Satanic Panic, which they came out kind of, you know, close to one another. So obviously she she already had the job, but at least gives that extra boost. And then um, I can't think of the one. Uh, it's uh, um, Culture Shock was was it. And it wasn't very good, but it gave uh, that woman actually got another gig. uh because culture shock's fine like it has a good idea behind it because it really taking in like today's concerns and then putting it in like in i mean it's a horror story anyway with immigration and stuff like that so it it really made it that's a horror movie in general but it really like it did something creative but again it's just one of those things where it just felt undeveloped but she she got a she got a job too, which is which is great. But maybe I just wish they were better because it just seems it just honestly it just seems like a waste of money. Like I don't know who's watching these things. Like I mean, I it's, it, well, <laughs> you haven't watched all of them though. Steph. That's true. I don't. I something. Um, even though I can see the inherent flaws in them, I'm I'm glad they're doing it, and I'm glad they're working on it. And after maybe I should just watch them like once a month. I like binge watched uh, a lot of these like back to back. And so binging just... doesn't sound like the way to yeah. do it. Yeah. No, I, I watched like 10 in like three days and it was literally okay. the worst. worst At that time point, of my life. it's not there. It was, yeah, it was honestly it was worse than watching all the Saw films in two days. <laughs> anyway, sorry, Sean, what have you been watching lately? Oh. Well, let's, uh, let's see. Um, I want to talk about a movie directed by uh, um, Travis Stevens. That, uh, and he actually won a, uh, the Fangoria Chainsaw Award for uh, was it best, uh, best First Feature. And that's called That's Girl on the, thir on the Third Floor. I don't think I've been enough, on enough last year to even talk about this at all or anything. Um, and I don't know if any of you have talked about it, so... Uh, but I finally watched it, and uh, I absolutely loved it. And I'm sure most of you have seen it already, because I'm always the last one to see stuff like this. But um, I really loved it. CM Punk giving off the young Henry Rollins vibe, for sure, in this in this film. 
I've never really seen him in anything. I know he was what, what like a wrestler or a mixed martial arts guy, and uh, now he's getting into acting. And I really liked him. I liked that his character was very flawed. <laughs> kind of like, uh, misbehaving while his pregnant wife is back home as he's trying to fix up this house that he's buying to help improve their future. But, you know, <laughs> he's kind of a, an ass. Uh, and that leads to, you know, shit going down with his character. And uh, I liked the small cast. I liked the creepy feel of the house and the, uh, the splattery, gooey special effects. The practical effects were always great. And uh, and I, I didn't realize that Travis Stevens hadn't directed a film before. I know he's produced countless films. Right. And I think movies he produces are always worth checking out. Um, he has, like, a really good eye for casting and 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 the right scripts, the right stories to tell. And it was fun to kind of see him behind the camera on this one. And uh, I really, really dug this film. Um, and I, I don't know. I don't have too much to say about it other than that, that, that if you haven't, if you've been sitting on it and not watching it yet, um, hopefully this little Chainsaw Award, Chainsaw Award? Yeah. Chainsaw Award will uh, give it more of a boost. Because I know it's like gotten like middling reviews, which is bizarre. Um but I was curious well, what you, what your thoughts it? on it. Was it South by or Fantastic Fest? Right? Yeah, yeah, I saw, I saw it? the South by. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, when I was there, I did hear it. It almost seemed like fifty fifty, but since it had a wide release, I've been hearing a lot more positive things. And CM Punk is a wrestler, and I thought casting him was genius yeah. in this kind of role because I don't follow wrestling that much like every few years i'll get into it for one or two months for some reason and then i'll just forget about it but uh he was always very charismatic and his Mm -hmm. twitter is hilarious so i was like that's great get like a charismatic wiry punk rock looking guy like that's perfect i love that he's blasting like all the punk rock that i love (laughs) all the music that i love in his headphones but he's like He'll wear a suit. He's like a lawyer, I guess. His character's like his lawyer. But, I mean, all of us, he's a year younger than me, but it's like all of us who grew up, you know, yeah, we all have real jobs, but we're all still, uh, you know, we're all listening to the same music we listened to when we were these rebellious kids. <laughs> I love that. Just a little older. You're still cool. Yeah. You're still cool. <laughs> yeah, he thinks no, he's I, a little I, too cool in this, though. But that, it goes great with his character. You know, it's like he still has that seed of, like, Oh, I can do whatever I want, you know, uh, type attitude. But um, he really should because he has a a kid on the way. Settle down, CM Punk. Well, I mean, I I think it's 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 part of a house too. Like, it's not fully fully him. But yeah, no, I I really enjoyed the film too. I I mean, even though I'm probably a little biased with with Travis Stevens, I, I still think. Oh, did we lose you, Brad? Yeah, you can hear us, Brad. He dropped out. Okay, and I can do my oh. joke real quick. Yeah, CM, <laughs> try to be more of a country mouse punk than a city mouse punk. Uh, <laughs> so what are you saying, Brad, with your your bias with Travis Stevens? Um, and that's all we heard. Oh, I was just saying <laughs> that I liked how cum was coming out of the walls. <laughs> it was an ectoplasm. It was an ectoplasm. It was... No, that's that's what it was. It was. It well, was, I mean, uh, you the know, house with, was ejaculating. 
without spoiling anything, it makes complete sense. Yeah, uh, no, that's, I thought that was because I thought that was really fucking great. Mm-hmm. I thought that was clever. Yeah, no, it's okay. it. It's a film that I want to watch again because I think there's a lot of um, things seeded into the story and things that we just kind of have noticed like, oh, that's gooey and gross. And, you know, what's going on? And as you go along and learn about the house and, and if, if eventually get see, the final did reveal. Did you see Travis Stevens like uh, note sheet for the, the crew like every day? Like, it was <laughs> like 15 things the movie needed to be. And I thought a clever one on there was that um, the continuity they were fucking with. So mm-hmm. in each scene or each day, something would be moved in the house. Okay, you're right. So like, if you see something in one location in one scene and then it's in another location the next, that's like on purpose because it's it's literally the house. Uh, I thought that was really yeah clever. And then that also... clever, but I want to check the IMDb goof page now. <laughs> <laughs> Someone had a heyday. <clears throat> and then... Um, and then the other thing is that he said, like, this movie is really wet. Like, mm-hmm. that, don't forget, it's wet. And I, <laughs> I thought that was kind of uh, cool because it reminded me of, like, you know, something that Cronenberg probably told all of his, you know, people or something yeah. like that. But, yeah, yeah, it's a good flick. Yeah. No, I, I like Travis Stevens. And, I I mean, we, he's been on the show and everything. And we, we goof around back and forth on Twitter now and then. And But it's oh, like, yeah, I don't I like guy. you know I don't feel like I'm biased because like I genuinely genuinely respect his work. That's the only no, you know I mean, I, like I, I wouldn't too. like care if if I didn't respect his work because there's a, many people that I meet and I'm friendly with, but you know I don't gush about their shit you know just to do yeah. it. And, I hate uh, it when I don't like someone nice. I know work. it's I'm the like, worst. Please. Yeah, but uh, yeah, but but he's you know for me with the films he's been involved with, it's always worth something. He has a just he has a good eye and a good kind of uh, he knows. I don't, I don't know. He, he just he, has he a good eye for it all. He and he's a out. yeah, totally. He's a good collaborator, and I would love to see more movies of him actually directing and more instead, wet, sticky, icky movies, please, Travis. Instead of Mohawk, that was probably the one that really I really oh. didn't like. Well, he produced that. I I haven't seen that one yet. And that one, I yeah, I, I love. Uh, we were still right. here. I thought that mm-hmm. was amazing. But yeah, Mohawk. Uh, he asked me, and I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, all right. So I uh, I got around to finally, finally tracking down a copy of The Trail. Um, now, this movie probably doesn't ring any bells to a lot of people, and I'm sorry. But I will talk about it because I really, really loved it. So um, most people know Ronnie Yu from um more more or less probably bride of chucky and freddie versus jason bride uh, of white hair yeah the bride and then yeah well sean might know warriors of virtue because that might have been his uh his thing <laughs> i don't um, no i haven't seen that actually you've never seen warriors or virtue? no you've you've talked about it and i've it looks totally like my shit that is a hundred percent what something you should watch. watch. It's basically so like Power the, Rangers. Like, yeah, with animals, shit. right? Yeah, yeah. It's like fucking rabbits. <laughs> what? Um, yes. You've never incredible. heard of Warriors of Virtue? No, I there just love that description. <laughs> like, yeah, Warriors of Virtue. It's it's basically um, this uh, this 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 boy goes to this uh, you know this this like far off land that's I don't know magic and shit. 
and he he gets in between <laughs> this like shit. bad guy and these like this this group of like fucking rabbit people and it's and it's a kung it's a kung fu movie and it's and it's and it's really fucking fun like it's it's good it's good. It's it's good for kids. Like I'm not saying it's a great movie. Like you're gonna watch it, be like, oh my god, the Criterion saved this. No, it's just like, man, this is a lot of fucking fun. But anyways, so Ronnie Yu uh, has been making films for a long, long time. Ever since the '80s, a lot of kung fu action films. And um, so when I remember when I think you know Bride of Chucky was announced, and then I saw the director, I'm like, who is that? And I look it up, and I'm you know as you know, 14 year old or 15 year old. I'm like, what the fuck? Why is, why is Ronnie, this guy getting this movie? And I, I didn't see the, the bride with white hair at the time. Um, I didn't see all that stuff till later. And now I totally fucking get it. Like he's perfect. Like I honestly, like, I, I think bride of Chucky, that's my, like my second favorite child's play film, by the way. And then, um, you know, a Freddy versus Jason. It's very bold. And I didn't think it was bad. It's just takes it really does blend the two together. But something that Ronnie Yu's very, very good at, I've realized, is mixing horror and comedy together. And that's exactly what he does with the trail, also known as Ju Guai Chat Hung. I'm trying here. Better than Sean. <laughs> so um, I would I would do worse, I believe me. So basically it's these these drug smugglers or or uh they're they go back and forth and they um, are basically told to – they're hired by this guy to transport this corpse um, to this other location. So they do. And and it's kind of a bumbling group of you know these drug smugglers. I think they're mainly uh, dealing with opium and stuff. Um, but they disguise themselves as priests. And they go uh, across the way and they get into like a fight. So there is like it's this also kind of this Western-esque type thing, this like barrage of really random characters that uh, all have like, you know, they all have their thing that they can do. It's not like magic or anything like that. It's just that, you know, they all have like kind of a, a specialty you could say like magnificent seven type shit. So um, they lose the body in the swamp and then they go back and they basically say the job is done. And then uh, this swamp uh, somehow uh, transforms this body into a monster, which is basically a vampire. And then it starts killing uh, people along the way and then hunting them down. So it's basically them banding together again to fight this thing and to kill it and kind of save their uh, little uh, village. And it is fucking good. It has like great horror elements. It, it's really funny how Ronnie Yu can can make something very comical and then write the next scene make it scary and it's just it's it's a really really great talent that he has with this because i'm to the point in one scene where i'm belly laughing no shit belly laughing in this movie i was fucking cracking up janice asked me what was wrong because i don't really laugh like that in movies too much but there's a there's a gag in the film where they they um they're scared so the kind of leader says if you see the thing start croaking like a frog <laughs> So they basically practice 
they're like, what do you, what does a frog sound like? So they all start doing it and it's really fucking funny. And then when they start seeing the monster, they start doing it, but it's shot in such a way where the monster's scary, but they're croaking like a fucking frog. It really, it had me rolling. It was really fucking funny. Um, but anyways, it, it's got great cinematography. It's got good action sequences. The monster's really great as far as like practical effects. I do not know how they didn't get sued, but the score is 100% lifted from the thing. Like from the very beginning, like as soon as it started, it has that like bump bump. And I'm like, uh, what is that? I know that sound. And then it just goes. And I'm like, like they just use basically like a different key. <laughs> and the synthesizers to make the you know to do that uh, i can't do it with my voice but the, well, this that came out song. a year after the thing in theaters allegedly according to imdb so what if what if john carpenter saw this and it you know it, it, before it was released or something and, and stole the score from this highly huh? doubtful <laughs> highly doubtful so okay. um, all right <laughs> yeah, it's 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 really fucking funny and it's just it's really good. And honestly, it's one of my favorites uh, that I've uh, that I probably will see this year. It's it's legitimately like a great movie. And it's 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 it's, it's crazy to me again because I was talking about Los Enchiladas is that there's so many foreign countries that have the best movies that just never fucking get over here. And it drives me crazy because I do think there's a market for it. It's, but I, I, I kind of went off on a tangent. I don't know. A um, few weeks ago on Twitter, it, it's something that like, I understand that our comfort food is rewatching something we like. Like if you're in a bad place or had a bad day, it's, it's, it's good to watch something that you'll know you like. I get it. But there's also a time where you just need to watch something else. Branch, don't don't listen to the people on Twitter. What's trending? I, I don't give a shit if if Shutter has a new movie out that you can't wait to see. That movie will be there. Trust me, it will always be there. Like try well, to branch access out. is a big thing too. You can get you can get imports like crazy. I've been importing movies since I was a little kid. No shit. Can I see this one easily? No. <laughs> no. But I'm not saying I said that before I saw this movie stuff. But there's there's plenty of films out there from multiple countries that are really good that actually do, I oh, don't disagree. I just want you to say that on, on DVD and Blu-ray, <laughs> and and it's crazy because this was produced by one of the biggest companies in Hong Kong, and it's virtually like unheard of. It's it's crazy to me because it's it's I, I've watched a lot of Hong Kong movies and I mean honestly I Korea and Hong Kong have the best fucking movies in general but it's crazy how much stuff doesn't actually get over here thankfully that doesn't really happen anymore because we have like Wellgo Entertainment and other companies that really thrive in 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 uh, obtaining and and getting those films out here but you know from the late the, the basically the early 2000s up until like you know the 80s it, it, or back into the 80s it's really tough we had to have companies like arrow that are helping yeah. with a lot of these things and 88 films is a pretty good job over there with you know kind of the shaw brothers produced films but all also those are the fucking shaw brothers like it's easy to get those are obtainable movies 
you know, because run, run would put all that shit out, run, run Shaw, rest in peace. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's, I, I, and honestly, it's just not because of this, I, but it, it's something that I, I personally like to do. I like to sit down and try to find something that I've never even heard of before and give it a chance and then champion it and then try to get other people on board. You know, um, working for a distributor, luckily I have a lot more, uh, you know, quote unquote power to help make that happen. Um, but, you know, it's it's uh, just more people will do it because the more people talk about it, the more people are going to take notice and they do pay attention. Like people do pay attention to what you're watching and see. But, you know, I understand you want to watch Suspiria for the 87th time. Or fucking, you know, watch Big Trouble in Little China again. But those films will always be there until the end of time. So, but yeah, just branch out. It's, it, you know, take a risk. Watch Warriors of Virtue, Sean. Yeah. I plan on it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, Steph, we're, we're, Stephanie, um, I know you're running out of time. Brad doesn't care, but don't worry, Sean, I care. One more for you, one more for me, and then we'll wrap up. No, I'm going to do three, but I'm going to do them very quickly. Okay, all right, all right. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I saw the... (laughs) Flying in the face of what Brad just said, I saw the director's (laughs) cut of Dr. Sleep. Uh, Three hours, it's incredible. In my Mm -hmm. opinion, the, the Stephen King adaptation that most feels like you're actually reading one of his books and uh something i love about his books that not every single movie that comes out based on his books has is a sense of location and this had such a sense of location that i literally just felt like i was reading a stephen king book maybe actually dr sleep why not we'll go with that one but it was incredible i loved it and um i finally saw the wax mask which is another uh house of wax a kind of riff. Um, Argento, of course, he set it up for Fulci to direct. He unfortunately passed away before he could do it. So he got um, Sergio Stivaletti to uh, do it, who is an effects artist who worked on Phenomenon and so many films for him. And it's, I I really enjoyed his bonkers because it's mid nineties. It's mid nineties. I was I was waiting. I was waiting for you to say what you really thought about it. No, it, so it's it's smack in the middle of the nineties, and you can feel it. But they're still trying to channel kind of a gothic thing, and I I, it's really disjointed and goofy in that kind of way. Yeah. Um, but I I thought it was a really interesting exercise, especially if you are into Fulci. You can kind of see like there are scenes where it'd be like a long shot and I'd be like, ah, oh, Fulci would have started that with a close up and then would have gone out. So if you're kind of a, interested in that kind of thing, it's a lot of fun. It's uneven. It's messy. But I think it's worth seeing. And if you're into Italian horror it's going to appeal to you anyway. Yeah, it's it's got some it's got some cool shit, but all overall, it's kind of yeah falls flat. And I very randomly clicked on um, a documentary called Master of Dark Shadows. It's on Prime right now. It's about the making of the show Dark Shadows, which oh, I cool. I've seen maybe one episode of. 
Um, but I always love the concept that there is a daytime soap that had like vampires and people set on fire. And it's awesome. I can say as someone who doesn't know that much about the show, it's very interesting. It's really funny. Everyone's very passionate, has awesome footage of, of them being like swarmed by teenage girls in the 70s and bloopers. And it's it's a great story about doing something very unexpected and making it work, even though everyone's like, no, you can't do a gothic horror like in the middle of the day after General Hospital. What are you talking about? <laughs> but they made it work. It, it's it's really well done. So I recommend that if you like documentaries. Very nice. I'll have to check that one out. I love documentaries. All <laughs> right. Um, so... I this one will be fun to have a little discussion about Brad because, uh, you and I had completely different takes on it. <laughs> and, uh, you probably too, Stephanie, but for some you're reason, gonna, I really gonna loved it. You're going to leave me upset, aren't you? Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you like shows. <laughs> but we, we I want to do, um, I'm carving out time for next week, next Sunday morning, same time. We have a lot more to discuss. So we'll, we're going to try to make this, uh, you know, happen more often. So there's not, we don't, you know, you don't have the, uh, the long gap between uh, us discussing a shit, but um, let's talk about the movie Snatchers. Uh, I had no. a lot of fun with this movie. Well, what cut have we all seen? That's I don't I'm know, sure. and that's what that's the the interesting part about this. Um, it's directed by Steven Cedars and Benji Kleiman, and it's you know it's a comedic take on the woman or high school student in this case impregnated by an alien. Um, and you know, the, the dialogue in this is so like out there. And at first I was like, oh fuck, like this is going to be stupid. And then I kind of just kind of, it was like, well, they're, they're high school kids in, you know, 2019. Like, yeah, they're probably going to talk like this. Cause you know, my daughter's in high school and, uh, high schoolers are dumb, but, um, but you know, it's, it's a basic take on, you know, on that kind of pregnant by alien, you know, trope. It's messy. It's, uh, it's splattery. Um, there's, it's definitely a comedy and, uh, I just had a lot of fun with it, with the practical effects, with the, I mean, they look goofy. They look straight out of like, <laughs> it's puppet, you know, they're puppet effects. And, uh, you know, so, so the whole setup is she's a virgin. I think she's, yeah, she's a virgin. She has sex with her, uh, her, idiotic, moronic, douchebag bro boyfriend. And uh, the next day, she wakes up pregnant. And uh, there's a, there, the, the birth scene is a sight to behold. And that's when I was like sold on this film. And it was just, okay, I, I knew what it was. Like um, this is a goofy, funny movie. I went with it. It was midnight when I watched it. I had a blast. And it kind of checked off all the boxes that I was looking for. Um, but Brad, I want to know, like, what was it? Because you, I was like, hey, everybody, check out this movie. <laughs> you were like, I fucking hated this thing. So I want to know, like, what about it did, did you not like? Because you saw this at Festival Run. And uh, what, what did you hate about this movie, Brad? Well, Sean, I, like <laughs> you, I enjoyed the first first act okay i thought the first act was strong i was enjoying it um after the birth of the monster i then got very very tired of the actors um 
they just kept doing the same thing. They weren't very funny. I thought the dialogue was horrendous. <laughs> um, I hated all the characters. I hated uh, the locations, the party. I just thought it was dumb. Um, I just felt the whole film was dumb. Like it just didn't work. I felt it was incredibly disjointed. Um, it felt like it was all over the place. It felt like they needed a new edit for the film. Um, the special effects were fine, but then they got really stupid looking. Uh, later on, it felt like when it's like uh, attached to like their head, it's like kind of like riding them like piggyback. Yeah, right? it's just it's just dumb. I like that. Um, just didn't just nothing nothing really worked for me, and it did start off strong, but. Like I said, it it quickly uh, fell apart. Huh. Well, I'm and wondering. I'm, I'm right in the middle of you too. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm wondering since you saw it, I'm wondering if there is has been a re-edit for this because well, initially it was a TV show. It was a pilot. And they were trying to get a TV show off the ground. Like okay. it was a YouTube. YouTube, and honestly, like I was fuming after the film, and then they said that. <laughs> And I'm like, of course it fucking is, because it looks like a fucking YouTube movie. It looks like something that would be, uh, you know, basically angled to uh, appeal to that type of quick, you know, edit dumb mm -hmm. videos that are fucking in pl plethora of online on YouTube. Yeah, I get it. It just, makes, it just makes total sense. And yeah. like, it, like it really did feel like it was a movie that was incomplete and – like it just it just didn't work, and maybe they did edit again. Maybe it's better. Uh, you know, maybe I'll watch it with Willow. I always give movies a second shot that I hate. Yeah, I think if it was twenty minutes and they kept the birth scene, that'd be an awesome twenty minute movie. But yeah, yeah. I I, just, I can see it, what you're it just saying. Runs out of gas really fast. Yeah, but the thing is, it's like it's not even one of those things where it's slowly like it just coasts on fumes. It's literally like a full tank of gas and then the gas tank is removed and the car stalls. And then you just have to sit there for an hour waiting on something to happen. And it never does. Yeah. Just when you, like your car down. When you saw it, did it like take over like the grocery store and have like a big old pod, like sitting there? I like the grocery that. store. I mean, it's yeah. like a convenience okay. store. Or something. Yeah, I don't think they thought anything additional. I just, maybe they messed with the edit a little bit, which the I've heard, which I've heard, but I haven't confirmed. Yeah. And honestly, if I watched it, I'm not going to remember because I was so irritated watching the movie. <laughs> yeah. This little... is one where you were very jittery. <laughs> <laughs> Cause you guys saw it together at, at yeah, South by, right? right? Next time I was like, Oh, he's not like this one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's funny. Well, they, they, I'm wondering that would be a uh, something on a try. I've been trying to fiercely Googling, trying to see if they've re-edited it, but they, they wouldn't admit to that probably. No, but the no, one, the one thing that I will say about it and I kind of just let it slide was kind of the weird little boop -a -doop -a -doo, like, like weird little like sound effects and weird little like music size into it. Like when you said YouTube, it makes complete sense because that, Oh, cause YouTube. Ugh. That's if what you, it does. It's, it's if the, you have it's, kids and you've seen the shit that they watch on YouTube, it is enough to to freaking fry your brain and want to just murder cute little animals. I'll be very animal. I'll be. I won't. I won't specifically say which animal because I'll have that specific animal lover animals, after me. Mainly, just want to punch babies. <laughs> or or that. 
punch babies. Hurt an animal. No. I know, but it, you know, it, oh, the only you, thing that Snatchers made me do was almost give up on cinema in general and never watch <laughs> another movie. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, it's, it's, it's oh fun. man, no, this one's all over the board. Like, like people, there are people uh, who love people had a lot like of fun it, with it. Yeah. I'll give it that. I have heard a lot of good things about yeah. it since it has like been released. But See, Brad's on. He's he's bored of us. Brad's bored I, of this I, conversation. Hate, I hate this movie. It's making me <laughs> sleeping. Yeah, you'd rather be asleep than talk. About oh it. man! All right. Well, we have to wrap up. I have to. Uh, I have to hit the road and drive to Twenty Nine Palms um, for my audiobook stuff. Transition into my new. Talk about my new podcast real quick. Uh, wow. it, it is called. It is called Audiobooks from Hell. I am discussing um, horror and genre specific uh, titles, books that I've narrated, but also fellow narrators who specifically hover in that arena. Um, I am talking to publishers who publish horror and genre specific stuff and who are bringing back like 80s paperback horror movie or horror books. Um, in the vein of like Vinegar Syndrome and Synapse, there are a few kind of boutique uh, publishers interested in bringing back these kind of forgotten 80s paperbacks, which is a lot of fun. Um, and I'll be interviewing some authors. I know there's an author by the name of William Scholl who was like huge around the 80s, but pumped out a lot of stuff. And I'll be um, talking to him about his books. So it's kind of a cool, like, you know, way to kind of um, bring some light on a lot of awesome horror and uh, like science fiction, fantasy, but like not like the mainstream kind of. It's just like with movies, there's a lot of bullshit in the mainstream stuff. But I'm trying to find things that are in, just offbeat and different, and discuss to those, discuss them with those creators and, and stuff. So, um, audiobooks from hell is the name of it, and you can just if you follow me on Twitter, you've probably already seen me blasting that out. But you can just find it in iTunes and stuff. But that's my spiel about that. It's All a right. good spiel. It's fun. It's, it's gonna be a fun one, and it's I'm already talking to these people anyway. So uh, while I'm working, I can just hit someone up on Skype and be like, "Hey, let's." You know, talk for 30 minutes. They're, I'm trying to keep them like 30 to 45 minutes. Um, and um, so we'll see. So that's it. Um, now I'm going to turn it over to you two to tell me what you have been working on, if there's anything you'd like to plug or, or anything. And I know Brad never does, but, uh, you know, Brad stays neutral with things that he's working on. Yeah, I'm going to be like Brad and play it cool. <laughs> okay. I'm the asshole. I'm the self-promoting yeah, well, asshole. Well, I actually have a few things I would like to plug. <laughs> ah, cool. I'm the Brad this episode. <laughs> What's up? I, I'm just fucking with you. God damn it. All right. Well, damn it. you can find us over at thescreamcast.com. All of our social media links are there. And um, follow us and friend us in all those places and talk to us about movies and, and, and the podcast and stuff. Um, you can find us on Twitter, scream underscore cast. And um, I think that's about it. So we're going to be back next week with a more kind of another round of this. And uh, Mike, hopefully Mike will be joining us. And um, we're going to keep this crazy thing going. Cool. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. We'll talk to all of you talk next you time. Bye. 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 Oh, don't tell me you're leaving. The party's just begun.